Foundation. Foundation and Empire, Second Foundation. Author, Isaac Asimov. Part number one. Part title, Psychohistory and Encyclopedia. Encyclopedia Galactica, 116th edition. Entry, Hardy Selden. Born the 11,988th year of the Galactic Era. Died 12,069. Birthplace, Helicon, Arcturus Sector. He showed amazing ability in mathematics at a very early age. Anecdotes concerning his ability are innumerable and some contradictory. Undoubtedly, his greatest contributions were in the field of psychohistory. Selden found the field little more than a set of vague axioms. He left it a profound statistical science. The best existing authority we have for the details of his life is the biography written by Gal Dornick, who, as a young man, met Selden two years before the great mathematician's death. The viewing room will be closed for the remainder of the trip. Prepare for landing, please. Would it be possible for me to stay? I would like to see Trantor. We'll be landing on Trantor by morning. I mean, I want to see it from space. I'm afraid not. If this were a space yacht, we might manage it, but we're spinning down Sunside. You wouldn't want to be burnt, blinded, and radiation scarred all at the same time, would you? I see. Trantor would only be a grey blur anyway. Hmm. Look, why don't you take a space tour once you get there? They're quite cheap. I will. Thank you. third left. Thank you. Next. Is that him? Yes. Good. Uh, taxis to the right and third left. Where to? Uh, come on, where to? A good hotel, please. They're all good. Name one. Well, the nearest one, please. 1.12. Where do I go? Follow the light track. Your ticket will keep going as long as you're going the right direction. Encyclopedia Galactica, 116th edition. Entry, Tantor. Center of the Imperial Government for unbroken hundreds of generations. Located in the central regions of the galaxy, among the most densely populated and industrially advanced worlds of the system. Land surface, 19,230,000,000 hectares. Totally urbanized. Population, 40 billions. Devoted almost entirely to the administrative necessities of the Empire. Its dependence upon the outer worlds for food and, indeed, all the necessities of life made it increasingly vulnerable to conquest by siege. In the last millennium of the Empire, Imperial policy became little more than the protection of Trantor's delicate jugular vein. obviously your first visit to Trantor. What do you think of it? I don't know what to say. I've seen nothing like it before. I'll need time to 
soak it all in before I can give an opinion. This must seem a bit stupid to you. Trantorians must take it all for granted. Trantorians never come up here. It gives them nerves. Nerves? Why on earth should it do that? If you're born in a cubicle, grow up in a corridor, work in a cell and holiday in a sunroom, then coming up into the open with nothing but sky over you might conceivably give you a nervous breakdown. How high do you think we are? I don't know. A thousand meters? No. Just a hundred and fifty. What? But the lift took ages. I know. But it spent most of the time just getting up to ground level. Trantor is tunnelled over 1,500 metres down. It's like an iceberg. Nine-tenths of it is out of sight. You here on holiday? Not exactly. I've always wanted to visit Trantor, but I've come primarily for a job. Oh? With Dr. Selden's project at the University of Trantor. Raven Selden? No, Hari Selden, the psychohistorian. I don't know of any Raven Selden. Hari's the one I mean. We call him Raven because he keeps predicting disaster. What kind of disaster? What kind would you think? I'm afraid I wouldn't have the slightest idea. I've read the papers Dr. Selden has published, but they're on mathematical theory. Yes. The ones they publish. Look, I... I think I'd better go now. Very pleased to have met you. doing in my room? I am Harry Selden. Good afternoon, sir. I... You didn't think we were to meet before tomorrow? No, sir. Well, it's just that if we're to use your services, we must work quickly. I don't understand. Well, just relax and sit down. Thank you. You were talking to a man on the observation tower, were you not? Yes. I met him in the lift. His name is Gerald. He's an agent from the Commission of Public Safety. He followed you from the spaceport. But why? Did he say nothing about me? He referred to you as Raven Selden. Did he say why? He said that you predict disaster. I do. What does Trantor mean to you? Glorious. You say that without thinking. What of psychohistory? Psychohistory. That, that branch of mathematics that deals with the reactions of human conglomerates to fixed social and economic stimuli. Assumptions. One, the human conglomerate be sufficiently large for valid statistical treatment. Two, the human conglomerate is itself unaware of psychohistorical analysis in order that its reactions be truly random. I hadn't thought of applying it to the problem. Before you've done with me, you'll have learned to apply psychohistory to all problems as a matter of course. Now then, you see the function set up on the calculator? Yes. Well, that represents the condition of the empire at the moment. Surely it's not a complete representation. No, not complete. I'm glad to see you don't accept my word blindly. However, this is an approximation which will serve to demonstrate the proposition. Will you accept that? Subject to my later verification of the derivation of the function, yes. Good. Now, add to this the known probability of imperial assassination, vice-regal revolt, the contemporary recurrence of periods of economic depression, the declining rate of planetary explorations. You see, incidentally, the new symbols on the calculator? Yes. Now, this is Trantor five centuries from now. How do you interpret this function? Total destruction. But that's impossible. You're right. You saw how the result was arrived at. Now, forget the symbolism for the moment and put it into words. As Trantor becomes more specialised, it becomes more vulnerable, less able to defend itself. Mm. Further, as it becomes more and more the centre of empire, it becomes a greater prize. Yes. As the imperial succession becomes more and more uncertain and the feuds among the great families more rampant, Social responsibility disappears. Right. Now, what of the probability of destruction within five centuries? 
Oh, come on. Surely you can perform a field differentiation without the calculator. Huh? About 85%? Not bad. But not good enough. The actual figure is 92.5%. Raven Selden. I haven't seen any of this in your journals. Of course not. This is unprintable. You suppose the Imperium could expose its shakiness in this manner? Some of our results have leaked out among the aristocracy. That's bad. Not necessarily. All is taken into account. Then is that why I'm being investigated? Yes, everything about my project is being investigated. Are you in danger? Oh, yes. There is a probability of 1.7% that I will be executed, but that, of course, would not stop the project. We've taken that into account as well. Never mind. You will meet me, I suppose, at the university tomorrow. I will, sir. Well, goodbye. Yes? Carl Dornick. Yes? I have to inform you that you are under detention at the order of the Commission for Public Safety. You will remain in your room until we are ready for your interrogation. Sit down, Dr. Dornick. Thank you. You'll smoke if you wish. Now then, where do you come from, Dr. Dornick? I'm from Synax. I see. Now, I see from these papers that you are to join Dr. Selton's staff. That's correct. I should be there now. Yes, I know. But why were you invited to join the staff? I'm not too sure, really. I, I got the invitation after receiving my doctorate in mathematics. What are to be your duties? I haven't the faintest idea. I expect I shall be informed when I get to the university. Well, then, let me put it another way. What secret instructions have you received? I said, what you're talking about? I've had no instructions at all, either secret or not. When will Trantor be destroyed? I beg your pardon? I said, when will Trantor be destroyed? I couldn't say, of my own knowledge. Could you say of anyone's? How could I speak for another? Has anyone told you of such destruction set a date? You have been followed, Doctor. We were at the airport when you arrived, on the observation tower when you waited for your appointment, and, of course, we were able to overhear your conversation with Dr. Selden. Then you know his views on the matter. Perhaps. But we would like to hear them from you. He is of the opinion that Trantor will be destroyed within five centuries. He proved it, mathematically? Yes, he did. And you maintain the mathematics to be valid? If Dr. Selden vouches for it, then it is valid. Then we will return. Wait. I have a right to a lawyer. I demand my rights as an imperial citizen. And you shall have them. Yes. I am Laws Abertin. Dr. Selden has directed me to represent you. Is that so? Well, then, look here. I demand an instant appeal to the Emperor. I'm being held without cause. I'm innocent of anything. You've got to arrange a hearing with the Emperor instantly. The Commission will, of course, have a spy beam on our conversation. It's against the law, but they will have one nevertheless. However, this recorder has the additional property of completely blanketing any spy beam. They won't discover it at once. Then I can speak? Of course. I want a hearing with the Emperor. There are no hearings before the Emperor. Trantor is, I'm afraid, in the hands of the aristocratic families, members of which compose the Commission for Public Safety, a development which was well predicted by psychohistory. Indeed. In that case, if Dr. Selden can predict the history of Trantor 500 years into the future... He can predict it 1,500 years into the future. I don't care if it's 15,000. Why couldn't he yesterday have predicted the events of this morning and warned me? Dr. Selden was of the opinion that you would be arrested this morning. What? Look, will you send Dr. Selden to me? Unfortunately, I can't. Dr. Selden is himself under arrest. You will be tried together. Selden. How many men are now engaged upon the project of which you are head? Fifty mathematicians. 
including Dr. Gal Dornick? Dr. Dornick is the 51st. Oh, we have 51 then. Search your memory, Dr. Selden. Perhaps there are 52 or 53 or perhaps even more. Dr. Dornick has not yet formally joined my organization. When he does, the membership will be 51. It is now 50, as I have said. Not perhaps nearly a hundred thousand. Mathematicians? No. I did not say mathematicians. Are there a hundred thousand in all capacities? In all capacities, your figure may be correct. Maybe. I say it is. I say that the men in your project number 98,572. I believe you're counting women and children. 98,572 individuals is the intent of my statement. There is no need to quibble. I accept the figure. Can the future be changed, Dr. Sutton? Obviously. Can the overall history of the human race be changed? Yes. Easily? With great difficulty. Why? The psychohistoric trend of a planet full of people contains a huge inertia. To be changed, it must be met with something possessing a similar inertia. So, Tranton need not be ruined if a great many people decide to act so that it will not. That is right. As many as a hundred thousand people? That is far too few. You're sure? But perhaps a hundred thousand people can change the trend if they and their descendants labor for five hundred years. Five hundred years is too short. In other words, Dr. Selden, they cannot prevent the destruction of Trenton no matter what they do. You are unfortunately correct. And on the other hand, your hundred thousand are intended for no illegal purpose. Exactly. In that case, Dr. Selden, what is the purpose of your hundred thousand? To minimize the effects of that destruction. And what exactly do you mean by that? The explanation is simple. The coming destruction of Trantor is not an event in itself, isolated in the scheme of human development. It will be the climax to an intricate drama which was begun centuries ago and which is accelerating in pace continuously. I refer, gentlemen, to the developing decline and fall of the Galactic Empire. Dr. Selden. You are speaking of an empire that has stood for 12,000 years. Is it not obvious to everyone that the empire is as strong as it ever was? Mr. Advocate, the rotten tree trunk, until the very moment when the storm blast breaks it in two, has all the appearance of strength that it ever had. We are not here, Dr. Selden, to The empire to... will vanish, and all its good with it. Its accumulated knowledge will decay, and the order it has imposed will vanish. Interstellar wars will be endless. Interstellar trade will decay. Population will decline. Worlds will lose touch with the main body of the galaxy. And so matter will remain. Forever? Psychohistory which can predict the fall, can make certain statements concerning the succeeding Dark Ages. The Empire, gentlemen, has stood 12,000 years. The Dark Ages to come will endure not 12, but 30,000 years. A second Empire will rise, but between it and our civilization will be 1,000 years of suffering humanity. We must fight that. How do you propose to do this? By saving the knowledge of the race, if we now prepare an encyclopedia of all knowledge, it will never be lost. Coming generations will build on it and will not have to rediscover it for themselves. One millennium will do the work of 30,000. Oh, all my project, my 30,000 men with their wives and children, are devoting themselves to the preparation of an encyclopedia galactica. They will not complete it in their own lifetime. 
I will not even live to see it fairly begun. But by the time Trantor falls, it will be complete, and copies will exist in every major library in the galaxy. That is all, Dr. Sutton. You may stand down. Dr. Selden, this is a pleasure. Please sit down. Thank you, Commissioner Chen. Now then, what can I do for you? You asked me to come and see you. Ah, yes, so I did. My lawyer is not present. This is no longer a trial, Dr. Selden. We are only here to discuss the safety of the state. You disturb the peace of the Emperor's realm. Can you tell me why I may not rid myself both of you and an uncomfortable and unnecessary five-century future, which I shall never see, by having you executed tonight? A week ago, you might have done so and perhaps retained the one in ten probability of yourself remaining alive at year's end. Today, the one in ten probability is scarcely one in ten thousand. How so? The fall of Trantor cannot be stopped, but it can easily be hastened. The news of my interrupted trial would spread throughout the galaxy. Frustration of my plans to lighten the disaster would convince people that the future holds no promise for them. The feeling would grow that only what a man can grasp for himself at the moment would be of any account. Ambitious men, unscrupulous men will not wait. By their every action, they would hasten the decay of the world. Have me killed now, and Trantor will fall, not within five centuries, but within fifty years, and you yourself within a single year. Those are words to frighten children. However, your death is not necessarily the only answer that would satisfy us. Tell me, would your only activity be that of preparing the encyclopedia of which you spoke? Yes. And need that be done on Trantor? Trantor, my lord, possesses the Imperial Library as well as the scholarly resources of the University of Trantor. And yet if you were located elsewhere, let us say upon a planet where your men could devote themselves entirely and single-mindedly to their work, might not that have advantages? Minor ones, perhaps. Such a world has been chosen where you may work, Doctor, at your leisure with your hundred thousand about you. The galaxy will know that you are working and fighting the fall. They will even be told that you will prevent the fall. I see. The alternative is death for yourself and as many of your followers as will seem necessary. The opportunity for choosing between death and exile is given you over a time period stretching from this moment to one five minutes hence. Which is the world chosen, my lord? It is called, I believe, Terminus. It is uninhabited, but quite habitable, and can be moulded to suit the necessities of scholars. It is somewhat secluded. And the edge of the galaxy. As I said, somewhat secluded. It will suit your concentration. We will need time to arrange such a trip. There are 20,000 families involved. You will be given time. Dr. Selden. Yes? I have been instructed to inform you that from now on you and all your people are under martial law and that six months will be allowed you for preparations to leave Trantor. Thank you, Captain. Six months? Now we can talk at our ease. But, Doctor, what can be done in six months? Six months will be quite enough. I don't see how. In a plan such as mine, other people's actions and wishes must be bent to our needs. The trial was not allowed to begin until the circumstances were right. But could you have arranged... To be exiled to Terminus? 
We've been preparing to leave for two years. Of course, we couldn't be certain that it would be Terminus that Chen would choose, but we hoped it might be, and we acted on that hope. But why, Dr. Selden? May I not know? Not yet. It is enough for the moment that you know that a scientific refuge will be established on Terminus, and another will be established at the other end of the galaxy, at Star's End. And as for the rest, you will see more than I. My doctors tell me that I cannot live more than a year or two. That I have accomplished in life what I intended. And under what circumstances may one better die? And after you die? There will be successors. Perhaps even yourself. I don't understand. You will. Most will leave for terminus. But some will stay. It will be fairly simple to arrange... But as for me, I am finished. Encyclopedia Galactica, 116th edition, entry, Terminus. The location of Terminus was an odd one for the role that it was called upon to play in galactic history, and yet in many ways an inevitable one. On the very fringe of the galactic spiral, an only planet of an isolated sun, poor in resources and negligible in economic value, it was never settled in the five centuries after its discovery until the landing of the encyclopedists. But within 50 years, as a new generation grew, it was inevitable that Terminus would become more than a mere appendage of the psycho-historians of Trantor. With the Anacreonian revolt came the rise to power of the first of the great line of mayors, Salvor Hardin. Hardin, what is the matter with you? For the last six months, you've been getting edgier and edgier. Just a growing feeling that everything isn't going the way that it should be. Look, Lee, it's 50 years now since Selden and Dornick dispatched our fathers to Terminus, and in all that time, we've never had any real idea of our reason for being here. To compile the encyclopedia against the destruction of the Empire. That's what we're told. But I'm none too certain. Hmm. Selden must have intended us to do more than that. The population's growing, and all of it can't be used by the Foundation. Furthermore, the Empire doesn't seem to care about us. And now that the province of Anacreon has revolted against it, and furthermore defeated Smyrno in open battle, we are in a bad position. You worry unnecessarily. The Board of Trustees knows what it's doing. You think so? Of course. I wish I shared your confidence. Well, if you're worried about the situation, why don't you go and see the Chairman of the Board? Well, after all, as mayor, you have some authority. That's just the point. As mayor, I have no real authority oh, at all. Oh, really? Oh, well, I... I admit that I deal with problems of taxation, agricultural policy, and so forth. But the major decisions, the ones that affect the state, are taken by the board of trustees. My word carries no weight whatsoever with them. Nevertheless, I think they'd listen to you. Would they? Well, Louis Piren is a reasonable man. Louis Piren is a fool. Oh. He can't see anything unless it's under his nose totally absorbed with the problems of producing their blasted books. He's not interested in anything except the encyclopedia. Uh. Anyway, I'll do as you advise. I'll go and see him tomorrow. Good. I feel sure he'll listen to you. He'd better do a damn sight more than that. If not, we shall have to try other tactics. The situation cannot be allowed to continue as it is. Hardin, what's your problem? The royal governor of the province of Anacreon has assumed the title of king. Well, what of it? Now, that means we are cut off from the inner regions of the empire. Is that so important? Important. Anacreon stands square across our last remaining trade route. Where is our metal to come from? Peren, this is a matter of life and death. The planet Terminus by itself cannot support a mechanized civilization. You know that. Yes, yes. It hasn't a trace of iron, copper, or aluminium in any of the surface rocks. 
and precious little else. What do you think will happen to the encyclopedia, Anacreon clamps down on us? Are you forgetting that we are under the direct jurisdiction of the emperor himself? So was Anacreon. And that's not all. At least another 20 of the outermost provinces of the galaxy have begun steering things their own way. I tell you, I feel damned uncertain of the Empire and its ability to protect us. Nonsense, royal governor or king. What's the difference? Forget it, Hardin. It's none of our business. We are first and last scientists, and our concern is the encyclopedia. Oh, yes, I almost forgot, Hardin. Mm. Do something about that newspaper of yours. It isn't mine. It's privately owned. What's it been doing? For weeks now, it's been recommending that the 50th anniversary of the Foundation be made the occasion for public holidays and quite inappropriate celebrations. And why not? In three months, the radium clock will open the first vault. I'd call that quite a big occasion, wouldn't you? Not for silly pageantry, Hardin. The first vault and its opening concerns the Board of Trustees alone. Anything of importance will be communicated to the people by me. I am the Emperor's representative on Terminus and have full powers in this respect. I see. Well, Pirel, in connection with your status as Emperor's representative, then, I have a final piece of news to give you. About an acrium? Yes. A special envoy, Anselm Roderick, is being sent to us in two weeks. An envoy here? From an acrium? What for? I'll give you one guess. All the formal discussions, the paper signing and such dull technicalities, that is, will take place before the... Uh, uh, what is it you call your council? The Board of Trustees. Oh, name. Anyway, that's for tomorrow. But we might as well clear some of the underbrush man-to-man right now, though. Don't you agree? And that means... Just this. There's been a certain change out here in the periphery. And the status of your planet has become a trifle uncertain. It would be very convenient if we succeeded in coming to an understanding as to how the matter stands. Let me understand this, Your Eminence. Your mission is merely one of uh, clarification. That's correct. In that case, it's soon over. We are a state-supported scientific institution and part of the Emperor's personal domain. That's a nice theory, Dr. Perrin, but what's the actual situation? Uh, How do you stand with respect to Smyrna? You're not 50 parsecs from their capital, you know. And uh, what about Conom and Daribo? We have nothing to do with any province. They're not provinces, they are kingdoms now. Kingdoms, then. We have nothing to do with them. As a scientific institution... Science be damned. The devil has that got to do with the fact that we're liable to see Terminus taken over by Smyrno at any time. And the Emperor. He would just sit by. Well, now, Dr. Peren, you respect the Emperor's property, and so do I. But Smyrno might not... Remember, we've just signed a treaty with the Emperor, which places upon us the responsibility of maintaining the borders of the old province of Anacreon on behalf of the Emperor. Our duty is clear, then, is it not? Certainly. But Terminus is not part of the province of Anacreon. And Smyrno? Nor is it part of the province of Smyrno. It is not part of any province. Does Smyrno know that? I don't care what it knows. But we do. We've just finished a war with her, and she still holds two stellar systems that are ours. Terminus occupies an important strategic position between the two nations. Uh, what is your proposition, Your Eminence? <laughs> it seems perfectly obvious that since Terminus cannot defend itself, Anacreon must take over the job. We believe that it would be best for all concerned to have Anacreon establish a military base here. And that is all you would want? A military base in some of the vast unoccupied territories? Well, of course, there would be the question of supporting the occupying forces. Oh, I see. The terminus is to be a protectorate and pay tribute. Not tribute, taxes. We're protecting you, you pay for it. <laughs> Let me order. speak, Hardin. Your Eminence, I don't give a damn for Anacreon, Smyrno, your local politics and petty wars. I tell you, this is a tax-free, state-supported institution. State-supported? But we are the state and we are not supporting. Your Eminence, I am the direct representative of his, his august... august majesty, the Emperor. I am the direct representative of the King of Anacreon, and Anacreon is a lot nearer, Dr. Perrin. Gentlemen, let's get back to business. How would you take these so-called taxes, Your Eminence? Wheat, potatoes, vegetables, cattle? You're joking. Gold, of course. Chromium or vanadium would be even better if you had it. Chromium? Vanadium? We, We haven't even got iron. Here, take a look at our currency. 
What is it? Steel? That's right. I don't understand. The terminus is a planet practically without metals. We import it all. Well, you might pay with land. What do you mean? This world is just about empty, and the unoccupied land is probably fertile. We could doubtless come to some mutually satisfactory agreement. Anacreon could supply us with plutonium for our atomic power plant. We have only a few years' supply left. Harding, you have atomic power? Well, certainly. Well, what's unusual in that? I imagine that atomic power is 50,000 years old now. Why shouldn't we have it? Except that it is a little difficult to get hold of plutonium. Yes. Yes. Uh, now, gentlemen, tomorrow I shall meet your board of trustees. For your own sakes, I would advise you to appraise them of the situation prior to my arrival. Should we not reach a mutually beneficial arrangement, I have to tell you that I shall return to Anacreon, and from then you will have precisely three months before I return with my troops, wanted or not. And now, if you'll excuse me, I wish you good night, gentlemen. He is insufferable. Not at all. Merely the product of his environment. What did you mean by all that talk about military bases and tribute? Are you mad? No. I merely gave him the opportunity to talk. You'll notice he managed to stumble out Anacreon's real intention. And naturally, I don't intend to let that happen. Don't you? And who the hell are you? And may I ask why you mentioned our atomic power plant? It's just the thing that would make us a military target. Yes, a military target to avoid. Isn't it obvious why I brought the subject up? It confirmed a very strong suspicion I had. What? That Anacreon no longer has atomic power. If they had, Roderick would have known that plutonium, except in ancient traditions, isn't used in power plants. And therefore it follows that the rest of the periphery no longer has it either. Certainly Smyrno hasn't. Or they would have defeated Anacreon in their last little encounter. Interesting. Back to oil and coal, are they? Gentlemen, I think you all know our mayor, Salvo Hardin. Hardin, may I introduce the members of the board of trustees? Thomas Soot. Hardin. Njord Farah. Hardin. Lundin Krast. Hardin. And Yate Fulham. Hardin. Now then, gentlemen, I find it very gratifying to be able to inform the board that since our last meeting, I have received word that Lord Dorwin, Chancellor of the Empire, will arrive at Terminus in two weeks. It may be taken for granted that our relations with Anacreon will be smoothed out to our complete satisfaction as soon as the Emperor is informed of the situation. Leaving vague expressions out of account, what do you expect Lord Dorwin to do? It is quite evident that Mayor Hardin is a professional cynic. Ah, <laughs> he can scarcely fail to realize that the Emperor would be most unlikely to allow his personal rights to be infringed. Why? What would he do if they were? Now, I'd like to ask a question. Besides this stroke of diplomacy, has anything been done to meet the Anacreonian menace? Oh, you see a menace there, do you? Don't you? Well, hardly. The Emperor... Is what is this? Would... Every once in a while, someone mentions... Emperor, empire, as if they were magic words. The emperor is 50,000 parsecs away, and I doubt whether he gives a damn about us. No. We have to fight with guns, <laughs> not words. Yes. We've had two months' grace so far, mainly because we've given Anacreon the idea that we have atomic weapons, which, as we all know, isn't true. It's all very well to drag chancellors into this, but it'd be much nicer to drag in a few great big siege guns armed with atomic warheads. No, I agree with that. Building armaments would mean withdrawing men from the encyclopedia. Mm. That cannot be done, come what may. Very true. Agreed. The encyclopedia first, always. Why, in five years' time, we shall be publishing the first volume. Nothing must be allowed to interfere with that. Has it ever occurred to this board that it's just possible that Terminus may have interests other than the encyclopedia? You don't understand the situation. There's a good million of us here. And not more than 150,000 are working directly on the encyclopedia. To the rest of us, this is home. We were born here. We're living here. Compared with our homes, our farms, our factories, the encyclopedia means little to us. We want them protected. The encyclopedia first. Mm -hmm. 
We have a mission to fulfill. That might have been true 50 years ago, but there is a new generation. That has nothing to do with it. We are scientists. You are not scientists. You're clerks, no, no, classifying no, no, the work no, of no, scientists no, of the last no, millennium. Have you ever thought of extending their knowledge? No. You're quite happy to stagnate like the rest of the galaxy. That's why we have revolts, breakdown of communications, loss of atomic power. The whole galaxy is crumbling to bits. I don't know what you're trying to gain by your hysterical statements, Hardy. Certainly you're adding nothing constructive to the discussion. Haven't we forgotten something, gentlemen? What? In a month, we celebrate our 50th anniversary. Why not, Agent? On that anniversary, Harvey Selden's vault will open. Have you ever considered what might be in the vault? I don't know. Routine matters, a stock speech of congratulations. I don't think any great significance need be placed on the vault. Ah, but perhaps you're wrong. Doesn't it strike you that the vault is opening at a very convenient time? A very inconvenient time, you mean. We have other things to worry about. Other things more important than a message from Harry Seldon? I think not. The encyclopedia was very dear to his heart, you know. Well, yes, yes, sure, sure. Sure. Mr. Mayor, hmm. what do you think of the vault? I don't know, Father. I really don't know. <laughs> Ah, Lord Darwin, there you are. Ah, Hardin. You were looking for us, no doubt. A great achievement, this encyclopedia of yours, Hardin. Thank you, my lord. The section on archaeology is marvellous, truly marvellous. Uh, you're not by any chance interested in archaeology yourself, are you, Hardin? No, my lord, I can't say I am. Oh, pity, it's a fascinating subject. I've done an awful amount of work in the science, extremely well read, in fact. I've gone through all of them. Jordan, Ovidjassi, Lamarck, now Lamarck, for instance. He presents a new and most interesting addition to my knowledge of the origin question. He tries to show that archaeological remains on the third planet of the Arcturian system show that humanity existed there before there were any indications of space travel. Really? But I must read it closely and weigh the evidence before I can say for certain. Why not go to Arcturus and study the remains for yourself? Whatever for, my dear fellow? <laughs> to get the information first-hand, of course. Oh, but where's the necessity? It seems an uncommonly roundabout way of getting anywhere. How insufferably crude it would be to go to Arcturus and blunder about when the old masters have covered the ground so much more effectively than we could possibly hope to do. I see. My lord, may I ask you a question? Oh, certainly, my dear fellow. Only too happy to be of service. My store of knowledge is small. Well, it isn't I... exactly about archaeology. Never mind. Uh, what is it? Well, last year we received news here on Terminus of an explosion of a power plant on Planet 5 of Gamma Andromeda. Uh, yes. We got only the barest details of the accident. I wonder if you could tell me exactly what happened. Well, there isn't very much to tell. The plant exploded. It was quite a catastrophe, you know. I believe several million people were killed and at least half the planet was laid in ruins. Yes, but what was wrong with the plant? Uh, well, really, who knows? It, it had broken down some years previously, and it's thought that the replacement and repair work were inferior. It's so difficult to get technicians now who really understand these things. You realize that the independent powers of the periphery have lost atomic power altogether? I'm not at all surprised. Barbarous planets. Oh, but my dear fellow, you mustn't call them independent. They aren't, you know. They acknowledge the sovereignty of the Empire. They'd have to, of course, or we wouldn't treat with them. Well, that may be so, but they have considerable freedom of action. Yes, I suppose so, but that scarcely matters. The Empire's far better off with a periphery thrown upon its own resources. They're no good to us, you see. Barbarous planets, quite uncivilized. <laughs> This can't go on, this incredible vacillation on the part of the Board of Trustees. Not one of them seems capable of making a rational decision. And as for Lord Darwin, if they really think that either he or the word of the Empire count for anything, they must be even more insular than I suspected. Lord Darwin is a very accomplished diplomat. Precisely. Look, Lee, will you do something for me? What? Take these microtapes 
and have them subjected to a thorough analysis by symbolic logic. Can you do that? Yes. What do they contain? You'll see. Very well. When do you want the analysis? Tomorrow morning, when I meet the board. What will you say to them? That depends upon the result of the analysis. But if these tapes contain what I think they do, then I shall have no alternative but to assume power myself. Hardin, you're going to stage a coup and force the board of trustees out? No, Lee, not force them out. Simply supersede them. Someone has to have sole power when the crunch comes, and I'm better equipped than anyone else. Are you with me? Yes, Hardin, I'm with you. So, gentlemen, it turned out we didn't have much time after all. Lord Roderick gave us three months, but little as it was, we threw it away, unused. And this new Anacreonian ultimatum gives us one week. What do we do now? There must be a loophole... It is absolutely unbelievable that they would push matters to extremities in the face of what Lord Darwin has assured us regarding the attitude of the Emperor and the Empire. I see. You have, of course, informed the King of Anacreon of this uh, alleged attitude? I have, after having placed the proposal to the board for a vote and having received unanimous consent. And when did this vote take place? I don't believe that I am answerable to you in any way, Mayor Hardin. All right. I'm not that vitally interested. It's just my opinion that it was your diplomatic transmission of Lord Darwin's valuable contribution to the situation that was the direct cause of this friendly little ultimatum. And just how do you arrive at that remarkable conclusion, Mr. Mayor? Quite simply, common sense. You see, there's a branch of human knowledge known as symbolic logic, which can be used to prune away all sorts of dead wood that clutters up human language. What about it? I applied it. Among other things, I applied it to this document here. I didn't really need to for myself because I knew what it was all about. But I think I can explain it more easily to five scientists by symbols rather than words. This message from Anacreon was a simple problem, naturally. The men who wrote it were men of action rather than men of words. It boils down quite simply to the straightforward and unqualified statement, you give us what we want within a week, or we beat the hell out of you and take it anyway. No loophole there, is there, Dr. Perret? There doesn't seem to be. All right. Before you now, you see a copy of the treaty between the Empire and the Nacreon. As you see, gentlemen, something like 90% of the treaty cancels out in the analysis. And what we end up with can be described in the following interesting manner. Obligation of Anacreon to the Empire? None. Powers of the Empire over Anacreon? None. That seems to be correct. <clears throat> you admit, then, that the treaty is nothing but a total declaration of independence on the part of Anacreon and a recognition of that status by the Empire? It seems so. And do you suppose that Anacreon doesn't realize that? That it would naturally tend to resent any appearance of threats from the Empire? particularly when it's evident that the Empire is powerless to carry out any such threats, or it would never have allowed independence. But then, how would you account for Lord Darwin's assurances of Empire support? You know, that's the most interesting part of the whole business. I thought his lordship an absolute ass when I first met him, but it turns out he was actually a most accomplished diplomat and a very clever man. I took the liberty of recording all his statements, and then I took them and had them analysed. And after I'd succeeded in eliminating all the meaningless statements, vague gibberish and useless qualifications, I found I had nothing left. Everything cancelled out. Lord Darwin, in five days of discussion, didn't say one damn thing. We have one week left. What do we do now? It seems that we have no choice but to allow Anacreon to establish military bases on Terminus. I agree with you there. But what do we do towards kicking them off again at the first available opportunity? That sounds as if you've made up your mind that violence must be used against them. Violence is the last refuge of the incompetent. 
But I certainly don't intend to put out the welcome mat and dust off the best furniture for them. I still don't like the way you put that. It is a dangerous attitude. Our policy has but one cardinal principle, and that is the encyclopedia. Whatever we decide to do or not to do will be decided because it will be the measure required to keep that encyclopedia safe. Then you have come to the conclusion that we must continue our intensive campaign of doing nothing. You have demonstrated that the Empire cannot help us, though how it can be so, I don't understand. If compromise... There is no compromise. Don't you realize that all this talk about military bases is utter nonsense? So we've gone quite far enough, I think. There seems no point in concealing that the board came to the decision that the real solution to the Anacreonian problem lies in what is to be revealed to us when the vault opens in six days from now. We are to do nothing, is that right, except to wait in quiet serenity and utter faith for the deus ex machina to pop out of the vault? Stripped of your emotional physiology, that is correct. Such subtle escapism. Really, Dr. Farrar, such folly smacks of genius. Would it surprise you to hear that I have given the matter considerable thought these last few weeks? With what result? With the result that pure deduction is found wanting. What is needed is a little sprinkling of common sense. For instance? Seldom foresaw the Anacreonian threat. Why did he not have us placed in some other planet, nearer the galactic center? Why put us here, on Terminus? If he could see in advance the break in communication, our isolation from the Empire, the threat of our neighbors. If he could foresee the problem then, we should be able to find the solution now. But how did we come? But you haven't tried. You haven't tried once. First you refused to admit that there was a menace at all, and then you reposed a blind faith in the Emperor. Now you've shifted it to Harley Selden. Throughout, you've invariably relied either on authority or on the past, never on yourselves, and that's wrong. We sit here considering the encyclopedia the be-all and end-all. We consider the greatest end of science is the classification of past data. It's important, Phil. Is there no further work to be done? We're receding and forgetting. Here in the periphery they've lost atomic power. In Gamma Andromeda, a power plant's blown up because of poor repairs. The chance of the Empire complains that atomic technicians are scarce on the solution? To train new ones? Never. Instead, they're to restrict atomic power. Don't you see it's a worship of the past? It's a deterioration? Stagnation? Well, philosophy isn't going to help us. Let us be concrete. Do you deny that Harvey Selden could easily have worked out historical trends of the future by simple psychological technique? No, of course not. But we mustn't rely on him for a solution. At best, he might indicate the problem. But if ever there's to be a solution, we must work it out ourselves. What do you mean, indicate the problem? We know the problem. You think you do. You think Anacron is all that Harvey Selden is likely to be worried about. I disagree. I tell you, gentlemen, that as yet none of you has the faintest conception of what is really going on. Now, look, there must be no hesitation. Do you understand that, Lee? Mm. No time to allow them to grasp the situation. Once we're in a position to give orders, give them as they were born to do so, and they'll obey you out of habit. But if the board remained irresolute... After even... tomorrow, their position in the affairs of Terminus won't exist. You know, it's strange that they've done nothing to stop us so far. You say they weren't entirely in the dark. Farah stumbled at the edges of the problem. And Perenne's been suspicious of me ever since I was elected. But you see, they never had the capacity of understanding what was really going on. Their whole training has been authoritarian. They're sure that the Emperor, just because he is the Emperor, is all-powerful. They're sure that the Board of Trustees acting in the name of the Emperor cannot be in a position where it cannot give the orders. And that incapacity to recognize the possibility of revolt is our greatest ally. They're not bad fellows, Lee. You're when they stick in the encyclopedia. And we'll see to it that that's where they do stick in the future. They're hopelessly incompetent when it comes to ruling Terminus. Anyway, you'd better go and start things rolling. Tomorrow in the time vault, we'll know what to expect. <laughs> Are going out. Yes. Look. Something's appearing. 
I am Harry Selden. I can't see you, so I can't greet you properly. If any of you are standing, please sit down. It is 50 years now since this foundation was established. 50 years in which the members of the foundation have been ignorant of what it was they were working towards. It was necessary that they be ignorant. But now that necessity is gone. The encyclopedia is, and always has been, a fraud. It is a fraud in the sense that neither I nor my colleagues care at all whether a single volume of the encyclopedia is ever published. In the 50 years that you have worked on this fraudulent project, your retreat has been cut off and you now have no choice but to proceed on the infinitely more important project that was, and is, our real plan. From now on, and into the centuries, the path that you must take is inevitable. You will be faced with a series of crises, as you are now faced with the first. And in each case, your freedom of action will become circumscribed so that you will be forced along one and only one path, the path which our psychology has worked out. Somewhere in the 50 years just past is where the historians of the future will place an arbitrary line and say, this marks the fall of the galactic empire. After this fall will come inevitable barbarism a period which psychohistory tells us should last for 30,000 years. We cannot stop the fall, but we can shorten the period of barbarism. The ins and outs of that shortening we cannot tell you, just as we could not tell you the truth about the Foundation 50 years ago. Had you known the truth, your knowledge would have extended, your freedom of action expanded, and the additional variables would have been more than our psychology could handle. But this I can tell you. Terminus and its companion foundation at the other end of the galaxy are to be the seeds and founders of the Second Galactic Empire. And it is the present crisis that is starting Terminus off towards that climax. This, by the way, a rather straightforward crisis, much simpler than many of those that are ahead. Action is forced on you. The nature of that action, that is the solution to your dilemma, is of course obvious. But whatever course your future history may take, impress it always upon your descendants that the path has been marked out and that at its end, is a new and greater empire. You were right, it seems, Hardin. The Anacreonians will be here tomorrow. If you will see us tonight at six, the board will consult with you as to the next move. Encyclopedia Galactica, 116th edition, entry. Board of Governors subscript. Sergeant Harding's foresight meant that Lee's men were already in control and the board was giving orders no longer. And in six months, the Anacreonian invaders were also not giving orders. The solution to this first Selden crisis had been obvious. This was the beginning of the great line of the mayors. Title, Foundation, Foundation and Empire, Second Foundation. Author, Isaac Asimov. Audio adaptation, Patrick Tal.